Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan Moore, your host on the New Books Network. Today, we will be interviewing Kent Wong, co-author of the book, Revolutionary Nonviolence, Organizing for Freedom, written by Kent Wong and Reverend James Lawson Jr. out of the University of California Press. We are pleased to welcome Kent Wong to the New Books Network where he will discuss this new volume that is planned for 2024. Again, the title of the book is Revolutionary Nonviolence, Organizing for Freedom. Hi, Kent. Welcome to the show. What was your role as co-author? Thank you for having me, Nathan. I've been teaching a class at UCLA on nonviolence and social movements with Reverend James Lawson, Jr., for the past 23 years. And this book, Revolutionary Nonviolence, was a way of capturing Reverend Lawson's teachings on nonviolence and promoting the historic role he has played in shaping social justice movements over many decades. And for our audience members who do not know who Reverend Lawson Jr. is, Can you explain his history in American civil rights movements and describe how Lawson was part of the writing process, not just for this book, but for coming up with the historical material? Yes. So um, Reverend Lawson just turned 95 years old. He was a very good friend and contemporary of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Both were young ministers who were very much drawn to the philosophy of nonviolence. And when they first met, Dr. King recruited Reverend Lawson to um, come to the South to work with him to develop a new group of leaders who would embrace the philosophy of nonviolence. So he set up in um, Nashville, Tennessee, and began organizing a series of workshops on nonviolence to challenge the policies of segregation that had been dominant throughout the South and throughout most of the country. Um, It was through Reverend Lawson's leadership that the Nashville sit-in movement of 1960 was launched, and a new generation of um, freedom struggles emerged, uh, led by people like John Lewis, by Diane Nash, um, uh, by Bernard Lafayette, who were recruited and trained by Reverend Lawson in the philosophy of nonviolence. Reverend Lawson went on to lead uh, freedom rides throughout the South to organize against Jim Crow and policies of segregation. And he was also one of the leaders of the 1968 Memphis sanitation workers strike, um, which was a powerful campaign that successfully 
organized um, black sanitation workers in the city of Memphis, Tennessee, and tragically was the very last campaign that Dr. King supported before he was assassinated in that city in April of 1968. In what ways has the UCLA Labor Center and the Institute for Research on Labor and Employment made revolutionary nonviolence a reality? Reverend Lawson has been a major force in Southern California since moving here back in the 1970s, but he has also been a major source of inspiration for the UCLA Labor Center. Um, In 2021, we purchased and dedicated our permanent home in honor of Reverend Lawson, the UCLA James Lawson Jr. Worker Justice Center, located in uh, the MacArthur Park area of Los Angeles. But for many years, we have very much been um, embracing the philosophy of nonviolence in supporting major worker justice movements here in Los Angeles. Um, The UCLA Labor Center has supported uh, major immigrant worker organizing initiatives, including the car wash campaign, Um, We launched the very first Black Worker Center here in Los Angeles, which is now a model for Black Worker Centers around the country. We have been at the forefront of developing a new generation of undocumented immigrant youth leaders who have participated in our Dream Summer Fellowship Program for the past 13 years. So all of these initiatives have been very much inspired by the teachings of Reverend Lawson and by the philosophy of nonviolence. What are you planning to do before its release in 2024 to get publicity or more promotion and to promote the cause of nonviolent activism? Well, for clarity, the book has already been published. So the hardbound version of Revolutionary Nonviolence is accessible through uh, the University of California Press However, uh, in the coming months, we will be releasing the paperback version, uh, which will be a opportunity for us to uh, expand the distribution of revolutionary nonviolence to even a broader network. Uh, So already it has been used by um, college campuses. It's been used by labor unions, by community organizations, by faith organizations across the country. Uh, but we are very enthusiastic with the release of the paperback edition. It will also um, receive even a a broader um, network of readers. What about other writing projects for you? Have you been co-author on other academic titles? This is actually the second book I worked on with Reverend Lawson. The first uh, was um, Nonviolence and Social Movements, which highlighted five major case studies of nonviolent movements uh, over the last um, uh, 70 years. And so that included the Montgomery bus boycott, that included the, um, uh, the Nashville sit-in campaign, the um, uh, great boycott of the United Farm Workers. It included Reverend Lawson's work in transforming the Los Angeles labor movement, especially his work with the hotel workers here in Los Angeles. And it also included the work of nonviolence as a guiding force in the immigrant youth movement. And have you left the UCLA Labor Center? What are you doing now? 
I'm um, working full-time at the UCLA Labor Center. I served as the director for uh, over 30 years, but currently I am assuming a role as the director of labor and community partnerships. Over the last two years, we have successfully secured funding to expand the labor centers throughout the University of California. We have six new labor centers at UC Davis, UC Santa Cruz, UC Santa Barbara, UC Riverside, UC Irvine, and UC San Diego. And so I hope to be able to uh, continue my work in uh, building and growing uh, labor centers in the field of labor studies in the years to come. Can you share some moments of nonviolent activism from your writings? So Los Angeles has emerged as a major focal point of the U.S. labor movement. And part of the success, in my view, is because many of the key unions have embraced the philosophy of nonviolence. That includes the hotel workers, that includes the justice for janitors, that includes the home care workers. Um, And uh, we have seen over the last year that um, Los Angeles has emerged as a major center for labor activism. Uh, We have witnessed the Screen Actors Guild strike, the Writers Guild strike. Uh, The hotel workers of Los Angeles are still on strike. In the spring of this year, um, 60,000 teachers of the Los Angeles Unified School District, along with the classified educational workers, uh, launched a joint strike and won a successful contract um, fight with the LA Unified School District. And... um, Los Angeles has also been um, prominently featured in the um, strike of the auto workers union uh, that successfully um, resulted in a contract victory, as well as the successful strike of the Teamster drivers for UPS. So in many ways, I think that the legacy of nonviolence has been um, uh, reflected in the success of Los Angeles as a major focal point for uh, the U.S. labor movement. And what about the intersectionality of different social justice movements or issues? This book is about revolutionary nonviolence, but what else does it include? Although Reverend Lawson uh, worked for uh, many years as a key leader, as as an educator, as someone who inspired a new generation of civil rights activists throughout the South, uh, he is less known for his work here in Southern California, and in particular, his focus in uh, helping to transform the labor movement. And um, uh, what we have seen is that the strength of the labor movement here in Southern California has been its ability to link various um, social justice movements together. So uh, unions have taken on the fight for racial justice, have supported the movement for black lives. Unions have taken on the struggle for immigrant workers and um, uh, immigration reform. And indeed, the largest May Day demonstration in U.S. history took place right in um, the city of Los Angeles in the year 2006. So Los Angeles, um, although it's also been uh, a focal point for unions, um, also has been um, a center for uh, immigrant rights organizing, for racial justice organizing, 
uh, for women's rights, for LGBT rights, uh, for uh, climate justice and um, um, the issues of climate change. So I do think that there is a deep connection uh, between various social movements who have been uh, influenced by the philosophy of nonviolence. Can you discuss maybe the limitations that you've had when it's come to nonviolence or dilemmas um, in practicing revolutionary nonviolence? The reality is that although Reverend Lawson has dedicated his life to the teachings of nonviolence and to nonviolent principles, um, inevitably those who have opposed various social justice movements have used violence. And we've seen that um, in uh, the um, horrendous um, killings and beatings uh, that took place uh, during the uh, civil rights movement, uh, uh, the use of bombing and, and firearms, and um, even the assassination of Dr. King. So um, uh, ad, uh, opponents of, um, of justice have frequently used um, violent means in order to intimidate, suppress, and block uh, social justice movements. Um, remarkably, in, in the face of those violent acts, Reverend Lawson has always maintained a steadfast commitment to continue to organize, to continue to grow uh, the movement through nonviolent means. And that has uh, provided a tremendous uh, moral dimension to uh, the, uh, the, the struggle for justice and uh, for many of these um, movements that have successfully changed the course of U.S. history. As we know, Reverend Lawson is a minister. Can you maybe outline a spiritual or moral um, revolutionary nonviolence outlook? Reverend Lawson worked as uh, the pastor for the Holman United Methodist Church here in Los Angeles for many decades. And he is still uh, a prominent leader of that congregation. Um, his work with the faith community here in Los Angeles led him to help to launch the Clergy and Lady United for Economic Justice, CLUE, which has been in existence for more than two decades. And we have seen the force of Reverend Lawson in working with faith-based leaders from many different denominations, um, from the Jewish faith, from the Muslim faith, and um, working with Catholic and Protestant denominations. Uh, this has been quite successful in mobilizing um, religious leaders to support uh, the broader movement for social and economic justice. And so uh, even in the wave of strikes and worker struggles that we have witnessed um, this last year, uh, inevitably, uh, faith communities have played a major role in stepping up to support uh, the fight for worker justice. Kent, you have a lot of things planned. What do you have planned in the future as far as seminars or appearances um, to either talk about the book or to get people excited about some of its ideas? I know you have an event that's coming up in a few hours. Well, we have actually a lot of things going on. Uh, and so I would encourage people to please uh, check out the UCLA Labor Center website that will keep you up to date 
with many of these uh, programs and activities. One exciting initiative, which we are currently launching, is um, a new James Lawson Jr. Dolores Huerta nonviolence project. Uh, Dolores Huerta was one of the founders of the United Farm Workers of America. She is 93 years old, and we are so blessed to have these two extraordinary leaders who have played a decisive role in using the philosophy of nonviolence in advancing social justice movements with Reverend Lawson. It's from the freedom struggles in the South to the labor movement here. And with Dolores Huerta, it is uh, using the power of nonviolence in building the United Farm Workers and in organizing uh, movements for justice for farm workers. And so uh, we are working with um, various teachers throughout the state of California to introduce a nonviolence curriculum for high school students. And uh, we are targeting uh, Martin Luther King Day in January and Cesar Chavez Day in March as a way of piloting a special nonviolence curriculum that will be introduced in high school classes throughout California. And uh, the book Revolutionary Nonviolence will also be distributed broadly to high school campuses in the coming year. Any final thoughts for the New Books Network audience? Well, I very much appreciate, Nathan, your uh, interview with me today. And uh, we are excited about uh, revolutionary nonviolence. We think that it is a useful, popular, and engaging book that not only celebrates Reverend Lawson's uh, teachings in the philosophy of nonviolence, but provides uh, practical and uh, usable um, methods of how to uh, advance a nonviolent campaign and how, indeed, uh, the force and power of nonviolence has yet to be fully realized within our society. You listened to an original podcast recording of the New Books Network and your host, Nathan Moore. Our audience can thank Kent Wong for making a timely episode about revolutionary nonviolence, organizing for freedom. University of California Press, 2024 for the paperback. Subscribe to get more episodes like this one from the New Books Network.